We're going to read that portion of scripture together, which is found in Isaiah, the 55th chapter, chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. And listen to and for the word of God. All together, please. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out. It always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do. And it will prosper forever I send it. Amen. Word of the Lord. The gospel reading this morning is found in Luke chapter 1. Now, typically, individuals dealing with the scripture, they would limit themselves to Luke chapter 1 during Christmas time. But it is precisely in this chapter that I find one of the most telling stories of men and women of faith. And actually, I will be almost sharing something I shared in Sunday school during our Advent classes together when this topic came about. But I'll be reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 18 and 20. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years. Then the angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you do not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until these things occur. The word of the Lord. We, we actually catch the story of Zechariah kind of in the, uh, towards the end because now this is a man who is a professional uh, priest. He actually belongs to a group of priests that, uh, that we could call them like denominations at that time. But since there was one temple, every group had a season, a, a period of the year to practice their rituals in the temple in Jerusalem. And it was Zechariah's group's priests opportunity and he was sent up there he actually had to burn incense he had to read scriptures he had to sing he was a cantor also in in this in this uh, duties as he is doing the duties of a priest in the temple this guy is supposed to have the in with god right this guy is supposed to know god and know god wherever God may show up. This guy not only knows God, but should know the word of God and should realize that whatever he may hear, he could compare it and see if it's the word of God. But the story is such that when the angel appears to Zechariah, he actually fears the angel. He doesn't believe what the angel is saying and the angel just sets him aside, puts him aside, renders him inactive in service for a period because he would not believe the word of the Lord. That is scary. But this is precisely what happened to Zechariah in this passage. Now, 
The interesting thing about it is that uh, God will accomplish God's will. We know that. We as good reformer and, and Presbyterians, we have a very high view of God's sovereignty, of God's decrees, of God's will will be accomplished no matter what. You know what? That is true and that is not true too. Mm. <laughs> we actually believe that God's will will be accomplished and we have to do nothing about it. You see? Because in God's economy, in God's plan, in God's strategy to reclaim the world back to God, he's done one very interesting thing. And some may call it a mistake. I would call it a mistake if I were God. To include other people in God's plan. <laughs> I know myself, I guess. But the reality is that God has called you not to come and, 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 and warm a pew or a chair, or you guys not to come and just play music, has called us to change this world. And God has chosen you and I to do it. Now, we've been talking about uh, uh, the mission of God since this is our anniversary month. And the mission of God is that God has chosen three past congregations to form a new one with a brand new vision to change the world. Start with this community. Let's not be so grandiose, but that's what it is. And, he, and we cannot repeat what was done in the past necessarily. Necessarily. So God will accomplish God's purpose. There was a church in northern Florida, no, in central Florida. I was not involved with that church, but I read the story. And they had an opportunity that their old building was actually wanted to be purchased by one of the richest corporations in this world. And guess who it was in central Florida? Yeah, Disney. And Disney, when they want to buy something that they know is difficult, they're going to offer top dollar. And they did. And they sold. They reconvened again and they rented a place. And they had the opportunity to move forward, to grow. They had the opportunity to impact a brand new community that was relocating around their area. New developments coming up. New apartment buildings. But they chose not to look at their community. They chose to look inwardly and just take care amongst themselves. And every minister that was coming up, it was just about me, myself, and I. How can I take care about myself? How can we take care about ourselves? How can we more take care about ourselves? How can we just fester ourselves with ourselves? And they closed their doors. Two months afterwards, another congregation bought that property. And right now, they're about 4,000 strong. God is going to do what God is going to do with us or without us. Because God does not depend on Presbyterians. We thought we had it. God actually depends on disciples, on people who rather believe. You see, Zechariah feared and doubted, and he was put aside. But later on in the same chapter, the same angel shows up to a girl that has nothing to do with the temple. To a young teenage girl, oh, this is the Christmas story, Mary. And he shows up to Mary, who has very little to do with the temple. Yet Mary, reaction, when she sees the angel, she believes it's God. 
And yet she has the same doubt. How can this be? But the angel responded, For nothing is impossible for God. But remember the other side of the sticky tape? We have to believe. When Jesus was actually in, in, in Galilee, his disciples said, Lord, let's go to this village where there are many sick people in there. And Jesus said, uh-uh. He kept on walking. And they asked him later on, why didn't you go to that village when there were so many people in need? He says, I did not go there because people, there was no faith there. There is no belief. There was religiosity, but there was no faith of expecting God to do something great in our midst. So Jesus didn't even bother. I wonder in how many of our churches God doesn't even bother. Ah. Why? Because there are three things required for God to be in our midst. First of all, we need to believe God. We need to believe that God... And remember last month when I was talking about the difference between believing in God versus believing God? Very different stuff. Very different altogether. So when we believe God, then we believe God's mission. Not the vision team's mission. Not my idea for my life. Perhaps if we bring it to ourselves. But we have to believe God's mission for your life individually, for your marriage, for your economy, for your health. Because God has a mission for that in your life too. Yeah. Then the second thing that is very helpful is to join God's mission. Don't invent something else. Don't sit down and plan your own comfortability and convenience. Join God's mission where God is at. And we believe that God is very active in our community. We know that. I know that. The, the Methodists call it prevenial grace. And this reformer kind of believes in that Methodist idea. <laughs> then once you join God, you delight in God's mission. You find yourself in God's mission. You don't fight God's mission. You will lose. And what happens is the result when we, when you as an individual join God's mission for your life, when you as an individual join God's mission for your church, when you as an individual believe, join and delight in God's mission, guess what happens? Automatically, peace with God comes in your heart. Yes, because there is harmony. There is not conflict. There is not a fight. Now, conflict is good. I tend to think so. But conflict with a purpose or without a purpose is no good. But you find peace with God. When you join God's mission, then you have peace with others because things are going to begin to click. When you listen to that businessman in the 3 triple area talking about how bad business is or how good business is becoming. When we listen to one another with our struggles with the doctors and our medical appointments, when we listen with our struggles with jobs and, and instability and insecurity, that is also peace with one another because God is in our midst. And as long as you believe, as long as you join, and as long as you delight, you will have peace with yourself. Oh, how many of us have experienced the darkest moments of our lives. And yet, we can talk about peace 
with ourselves. What happens is, remember Helen Keller? I used to love the movie because I used to play Helen Keller in my house. (laughs) And I used to get up from the chair and go bother everybody else's dishes. Remember when she did that? Started eating from people's dishes around the table? Well, for some reason, I found that to be very enchanting and very cute, and I wanted to do it all the time. I was corrected several times. (laughs) Uh, and, And I remember the broom who used to chase me. But Helen Keller, who was a person with so many limitations, who was born in a century where people like her were sent to where? An asylum, away from society. They were warehoused, put away, because they had no worth. But her family thought of it differently. And Helen Keller, who who was blind and who had problems in speech and who was probably in hearing and who basically didn't have the skills that some of us enjoy so much of, describes life. A life without adventure and risks is nothing. (laughs) She can say that, right? Helen Keller can say that. A life without adventures and risks is nothing. You see, God, oh, I got to stick. Remind myself. You see, God's very own possession, that's who we are. We are God's very own possession, Scripture says in Peter. And because we are God's very own possession, then God has sent us to be God's ambassadors. And as God's very own possession, you and I are called to go out there and show the goodness and show the light of Christ. God is sovereign and God will do it. But would we like God to use us and not pass us over and the next group down the street take over and do it because they had a greater faith? No. I don't want to be part of that group (laughs) who doesn't have the great faith. So I encourage you, in your own life, be expectant of great things. Oh, I know we have some people who are very sick. I think of Eleanor and I think of Jean and I think of others. But Leslie Watkins, when, when Jim Stinson passed away, she sent me a text. Just one word, two words, pardon me. According to her father, Ultimate healing. Are we willing to accept that as real ultimate healing? Because that's what it is. Are we willing to accept the fact that our fight for our health here is nothing but an eventual lost? Because this is not it. And we get used to this. And we get scared about living here. But the reality is that we are his possession. And that while we're here, let's be the light. Because once we're not here, we are shining with him in God's presence. Amen? Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love.
We thank you for your word. We thank you for calling us. We thank you for shaking us from our comfort zone. Mm. And we thank you for being you. In Christ's name, amen.